How are you? That's a great song, isn't it, Luella? That, uh, that song right there, uh, the reason why I go over the choir is the first time we sang that song. Um, that was the first song my grandfather taught me how to play on a guitar. Um, and that day, no, you're Papa. You're Papa, yeah. And I guess you remember Grandpapa singing that song, don't you? Well, so uh, it's a beautiful song. And um, when I first came here, um, they told me that the pastor normally goes over and sings the special with them. And I, I told them it's not my gift. <laughs> and I, but, <laughs> amen. But then after, I don't know, five or six Sundays I'd been here, that song started playing and I went over and I've been going over every Sunday since. So I don't know if that's good or bad, but, uh, but I love that song. It's, and I love that choir. So thank you so much. Um, this morning, it is a great morning to be here and um, we're going to talk about as Christians, how we should act, what we should do. I think that's very important. Um, I don't know if y'all have noticed or not, but I like sports a little bit. I relate a few things to sports. Um, I've been around some good athletes, and I wanted to be one. Um, that's not my gift either. But I do coach a little bit, and I, and I keep up with things. Um, I love college football, and one of the quotes that... Um, Lou Holtz has, when he compares coaching now to 30 or 40 years ago, and what he says is players now talk about their rights. They talk about their rights and what they should be given instead of talking about their responsibilities. And I think sometimes as Christians, we do the same thing. We talk about, hey, we're in the kingdom of God. We have the right to this. We have the right to that. In reality, we don't really have any right that's not been given to us graciously because of what God has done for us, not anything that we've done. But we do have responsibility. We do have responsibility. He requires a few things of us. And this morning I'm going to read Scripture. I'm going to read um, from Micah 6, 6 through 8. And we're going to discuss this, um, this Scripture as we go forward. With what shall I come before the Lord and bow myself before the high God? Shall I come before him with burnt offerings, with calves a year old? Will the Lord be pleased with thousands of rams, ten thousand rivers of oil? Shall I give my firstborn for my transgression, the fruit of my body for the sin of my soul? He has shown you, O oh man, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you but to do justly? To love mercy and to walk humbly with your God. And this is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for the scripture, Lord. Just thank you for, for the words that you share with us, Lord, the, the directions you give us in our lives, Lord. I just pray this morning that as we study the scripture, Lord, your, your words flow through me. Lord, that each person here, each person that may be listening online receives 
your message. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Do justly. Love mercy. Walk humbly. Amen. That's uh, easy words to, to read. But this morning, um, when we read the scripture from Micah, it does ask a question. What does the Lord require of you? What does the Lord require of you? And this morning, uh, as we reflect on these words that Micah is speaking through God to the folks in Israel, are still applicable today. You see, they're for the benefit of the Lord's church today. They're for the benefit of everybody today, just like they were then. But what does the Lord require of you? What Israel may have thought. Some of the possibilities actually sound absurd. A year old calf, burnt offerings, thousands of rams, 10,000 rivers of oil, offering the firstborn child. There, there's so many things that are absurd now as we listen to them. Now, don't get me wrong, there's nothing wrong with offerings. Offerings are great, but just the numbers here, I think, is a little bit of hyperbole. I think that when we think about these offerings, that we're trying to gain favor with God through our power, through things that we do. And if we live like that, we're going to be pretty frustrated. Again, God does speak of offerings like calves and rams. But the absurd amount that's being spoke about here is more ritualistic than anything. So what does God require of Israel? Simple, to do justly. It means to act toward God and human beings according to the divine standard of righteousness. Not our standard, but God's standard of righteousness. It may involve some offerings and some sacrifices commanded by God, but it also involves treating others well. We don't know what people are going through. People are fighting battles every day we know nothing about. We're supposed to be kind to them. We're supposed to do justly. We're supposed to show them the justice that God has shown us. I think failure to do justly may have been some of the reasons that Israel had so many problems. Are we doing justly? The next thing that he writes is to love mercy. This means to be compassionate, warm-hearted to everyone. People that look like us, people that don't look like us, people who dress like us, people who don't dress like us. To everybody, we're supposed to show mercy. And to walk humbly with your God. Again, these are the three things that God, through Micah, told Israel that they should be doing. To walk humbly. Sometimes it's hard to walk humbly. Sometimes when things are going good, we want to take a little bit of the credit for some of the good things. You see, we've got to be humble. We've got to know that all of our good blessings come from God. Just like when things were going good for Israel, sometimes they forget to give God the thanks. But what does the Lord require of us today? What does he require of us today? Again, maybe it, we think that it, 
he requires us to do certain rituals. We do some rituals, don't we? We do. There are certain things we do. We come to church on Sunday. It's great to come to church on Sunday, isn't it? I love being at church on Sunday or any time I get to come here. But it's more than a ritual. It's more than just a ritual. You see, and I've heard people argue that, yeah, you can go to heaven and have a relationship with Jesus without coming to church. And I agree. The only thing that's going to save your soul is a relationship with Jesus. That's it. There's nothing else. It's not Jesus plus something else. But he wants us to fellowship with each other. He wants us to come here and get fed with his word. You see, attending church is very important to our walk with Christ. To our walk with Christ. We hear his word. We learn how to apply his word. You see, attending church is important. But again, I'll go back and agree that, yeah, it's not a requirement. Maybe to go to heaven. Only Jesus can do that for us. But we need to be here. It's just like if you're married, you know, going home is not required. But the marriage works a lot better if you do. We need to be in God's house. We need to be celebrating with other Christians. We need to be holding each other's hands in hard times. We need to be celebrating good things as they come. But not because it's a ritual. It's because we love the Lord, and we love each other. We want to fellowship with Him, and we want to fellowship with each other. You see, when we decide we don't want to come to church, sometimes we'll lack spiritual growth. We'll lack commitment to the work of the church. We lack fellowship with each other. So I'm not saying not to come to church. I want you to come to church. I think it's best for all of us when we come to church. You see, I'm convinced that it's essential that we observe what God has ordained. You see, the Lord requires more than attending church. He requires us to do justly. To act towards God and other people. To act towards God and people in a loving way. According to his divine law, Ephesians 4, 25-29 says, Therefore, putting away lying, let each one of you speak truth with his neighbor, for we are members of one another. Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath, nor give place to the devil. Let him who stole steal no more, but rather let him labor, working with his hands, what is good, that he may have something to give him who has need. Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification, that it may be impart grace to the hearers. Everything we do, everything we speak, should be showing God's mercy, God's grace. The same mercy and grace that's been allowed us is what we should be showing people. We should be showing compassion, warm-heartedness towards widows, towards fatherless, towards anybody in need. We do a pretty good job of that here at Chestnut Hill. We love feeding people. And some of us love eating. 
we got a great clothing closet, closet ministry that's well needed. Man, that's love and mercy right there. That's what we're called to do. James 1.27 says, Pure and undefiled religion before God and the Father is to visit orphans and widows in their trouble and to keep oneself unspotted from the world. In other words, we're supposed to be taking care of each other whether the world tells us it's right or wrong. We're supposed to be doing what we're called to do. Luke 6, 35 and 36, Jesus says, But love your enemies, do good, and lend hope, hoping for nothing in return, and your reward will be great, and you will be sons of the Most High, for he is kind to the unthankful and the, to the evil. Therefore be merciful, just as your Father also is merciful. That's the type of mercy we're supposed to be showing each other. The type of mercy we're supposed to be showing the folks in our community. The folks, type of mercy we're show, supposed to be showing folks outside of our community. It says there we're supposed to love our enemies. Man, that's hard. That's hard. It doesn't mean just be nice to them. We're supposed to actually love them. Sometimes I'm not real lovable. But you're supposed to love me anyway. Sometimes I make mistakes. You're supposed to love me. And I, you, I love, I'm supposed to love you. Just like God loves us all, no matter what. Just like Ricky Bowles loves us. That's the way we're called to love. We're also called to walk humbly with our God. James 4, 8 says, Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. The only way to enjoy the fellowship of Jesus is to be with him. The only way to enjoy his fellowship is to talk to him, to walk with him, to fellowship with him, to do his will. That's what it means to walk humbly with our God. It's to spend time with Jesus. Praying, listening. Listening to God, studying His Word, and doing His will. 1 Peter 2.2 says, As newborn babes desire the pure milk of the Word, that you may grow. We need the Word. We need to be putting the Word in our minds. We live in a world now that sometimes sometimes it's hard to show love to people. It's hard to show, be humble sometimes in this world. That's what we're called to do. And the only way we can do it is by, again, praying, listening, staying in His Word, doing His will, talking to God, praying for strength and forgiveness. Have you ever really needed to pray for forgiveness? Yeah. For forgiveness for what I've done, I, I need to repent daily. But have you ever needed to pray to forgive somebody else? Have you ever been in a position where, yeah, you're walking humbly with God, but you've got a grudge that you can't let go of? You've got unforgiveness in your heart. 
Let me just tell you, eat you up. You got to let it go. You got to let it go. And you think you may think it's impossible. You know what they did to me? You see, if you're trying to do it on your own, it is impossible. But if you're truly walking humbly with your God through His power, you can forgive. Through His power, you can love the unlovable. Through His power, you can show mercy to people who've been terrible to you. Jesus showed us that example on the cross. The first thing He said as He's being hung and tortured was to forgive the ones who were doing it to Him. It's hard to do. It's hard to do. I'll tell you, it's impossible to do if you're trying to do it on your own. But when you're walking humbly with your God and you're relying on His power, you can do it. But walking humbly with God, we're more likely to keep balance between our demands and to remember to do justly and to love mercy. When we're walking with God, we can do those things. When we're trying to walk on our own, we can't. We're going to fail. I'm just here to tell you, I need you. We need each other. But most of all, we need to be walking with God. If we're going to do the things that He requires of us. When I say requires it, I'm not talking about for our salvation. Jesus paid for our salvation. He gives it to us. Freely by when we enter in a relationship with Him. But a relationship, if you're only receiving, can it really grow? We need to be doing what he requires of us, which is to do justly, love mercy, and walk humbly with God. Are we doing those things? Even though we live under the new covenant now, we're still required to do those things. To do justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with God. With God, Our rituals may be different. The things we do, the way we worship may be different. It may be different than it was 2,000 years ago, but it may be different from church to church. But as long as we're worshiping God, we're keeping Him the center of our life, and we're pointing people towards the cross, there's no right or wrong way to do it. If we're doing justly, and we're loving mercy, and we're walking humbly with God, That's what he wants us to do. Are you doing what the Lord requires of you? Are we doing what the Lord requires of us? Are we doing justly? Are we obeying the gospel of Jesus Christ? Are we spreading his word? Are we showing mercy to everybody we meet? Are we showing that grace and mercy to people who may have wronged us? Are we showing grace and mercy to people that may not look like us? Are we walking humbly with our God? Are we living a dedicated and obedient Christ-like life? Is that our goal? If we're going to walk like Christ, we're going to have to walk with Him. We're going to have to learn from Him. Because is that not really our goal, is to be more like Jesus Christ every day? If we're not doing this, all the church services we attend may not do us any good. 
again, to apply them to our lives and to have things come out that we thought were impossible, to do just to people that maybe don't deserve justice, to have mercy on people who've wronged us. The only way we can do them is to walk humbly with our God. Again, what does the Lord require of you? To do justly, to love mercy, to walk humbly with our God. And I pray that each one of us apply this to our life, not just this week, but every day. If there's anybody here or anybody listening online that don't have that relationship with Jesus, I pray that this morning you come to that knowing, loving relationship with Jesus. If you're thinking, hey, the things that he's talking about is impossible. Again, without a relationship with Jesus Christ, you're right, it is. But if you haven't entered that relationship, today's a perfect morning to do so. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for for your word. Lord, thank you for all that you do in our lives, Lord. Thank you for sending your son as our perfect example. And Lord, for him suffering and dying to take care of a debt that we can't pay. Lord, I pray that we all put our trust in, in him. And Lord, we all strive to do justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with you every day. In Jesus' name, amen.